Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Brons. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, this week we wanted to talk about trail cameras. It's a subject we've been talking about in the office for, oh, since the winter anyway. Uh, and that's because we both bought trail cameras. I guess you had had one before. Um, but kind of excited to share our experiences towards the end of the program. And uh, why don't we get started by talking about the history of trail cameras. Yeah, so trail cameras first originated back in the early 80s and students at Missouri State University were looking at a way to study white-tailed deer for their master's degree. So the students discovered a company called Trailmaster and at the time this company had developed a two-piece device that projected an infrared beam to a receiver. So what happened was anytime a deer or animal would walk through that beam, it would break the beam and let them know that something had walked through. And later developments brought a 35 millimeter camera that was wired to the receiver. So when something would cross that laser beam and break it, the camera would open its shutter and take a photo. The early trail cams in the 90s were capturing pictures on 35 millimeter film. And as digital technology improved and became more affordable, we saw the introduction of digital trail cameras, which are what we have now. These cameras can be used for a wide variety of purposes. Um, hunters will use them to scout and pattern wildlife. Nature enthusiasts and animal lovers may just use them in their backyard to see what's living near their homes. And researchers and scientists use them in their studies. And even homeowners can use them for surveillance of their property. So maybe you're wondering, how do you choose a trail camera? Uh, it was probably something I should have looked into a little bit more before I bought mine. I'm still happy with mine, but let's go over a couple of points uh, that you should be looking for when you go to purchase one. Uh, so the first thing I think is looking at the image quality of the picture. Um, really the bottom line is, you know, the cheaper the camera, the more likely your pictures will be on the low end of the quality spectrum. So something like a 20 megapixel camera, it's really, it's gonna provide you with a much better picture uh, than you would have with, let's say, a, a two megapixel camera. Um, so remember those points when you're looking at your cameras. Next, you should look at the shutter speed. And really what this boils down to is the fact that, you know, a quicker shutter speed will get you a better shot. Um, you'll get more shots of that animal that you're trying to capture out in the woods uh, and slower shutter speeds would likely mean you know one picture instead of four or five um, so kind of think about that as well read the package read the description i think another one is battery power and how long those batteries last so i really urge you to look and see how many batteries they you can place in your unit um, Maybe that translates to you spending more money on some batteries, but ultimately I think those batteries are gonna last longer and you'll get more pictures of those quality pictures that you want. Uh, cost may be a factor, just like every other option, uh, but I think it pays off in the long run. Outside of those factors, it's really a matter of what bells and whistles you want. Uh, cameras come with a lot of different options like 
viewing screens or infrared and white flash. There's usually a video picture option. Uh, there's ways to secure your camera, so theft is unlikely. Uh, the more options you choose, really the larger price tag your camera is gonna have. Uh, so that's, that's up to you. Um, I think one final note is when you purchase the camera, look at the memory card requirement. This is something I didn't look at, so I'm just urging you to not fall into this trap uh, like I did. Uh, some cameras will actually restrict the size of your memory card that you can use. So usually you have to buy the memory card separately. So really read that fine print and see what kind of requirements there are for the memory card and it'll likely save you a lot of money in the long run. So let's talk a little bit about camera placement. So where to put them once you have one. So the idea behind using trail cams for wildlife viewing is pretty simple. When you want to install them in areas where you suspect there's wildlife activity. So these can be areas such as where you've seen animal sign, um, tracks, scat, scrapes, rubs. Um, you can put them on a game trail. Or even if you just put them along like woodland edges or streams, you're probably pretty likely to see wildlife. It's also best to put your trail cams facing food or water. Um, you're more likely to see animals in these areas. But it's also important that you don't put your camera directly facing moving water because it'll trigger it to go off and you'll just have a bunch of pictures of water. And when mounting the camera, it's best to put it in a stable location. So tree trunks usually work well, but you can also mount them on fence posts or you can even install your own support. And it's also best to mount them in a shady area and not aimed at the rising or setting sun. So like, a lot of cameras are heat sensitive so having them pointing at the sun will give you a bunch of pictures of nothing. So when you mount your camera, you want to make sure they're at the height of the species that you're most interested in capturing. So just for example, um, if you're looking to get pictures of deer, they typically recommend about three feet off the ground. Um, and of course that varies, you know, if you're on a hillside or a slope. If you don't have a particular species in mind, you can mount the camera high up in the tree and angle it down so that it's looking at the game trail or area you want and that'll give you a little more flexibility. Alright, so another important factor I think is what are the regulations surrounding trail cams. And um, basically these have been pulled from the Pennsylvania Game Commission website um, just so they can represent the actual rules and regulations surrounding them. It's important to know the Pennsylvania Game Commission rules and regulations. Uh, so if you're planning to use any bait uh, or attractants near your trail camera, the feeding of wildlife is prohibited in many circumstances. So you mentioned it's unlawful to feed wildlife on state game lands and on all lands, public or private in Pennsylvania. It's unlawful to intentionally feed bears or elk or to place any food, fruit, hay, grain, chemicals, salt, or other materials that cause bear or elk to congregate. So if bears or elk are being attracted to an area because of other wildlife feeding, game wardens can issue written notices to temporarily halt feeding activity. So I guess you've expanded on this for me before just because you're from the western part of the state and CWD is more prevalent out that way. I don't know if you want to explain it a little bit better. 
Yeah, so in areas of the state where the Game Commission has established disease management areas in response to CWD, um, the feeding of deer is also prohibited. So that means in any CWD disease management unit, you can't feed them at all. And any feeding of other wildlife that is attracting deer is also considered feeding the deer. Um, and even you know, out here, we're not in a chronic wasting disease management unit, but it's still a good idea to kind of refrain from feeding them and allowing those deer to congregate in the same area because that's how diseases like CWD spread. So, you know, it's important to make sure that we don't get it in this area. Yeah, good point. So, yeah, just like at the beginning of the show, we want to talk about our own experiences. Um, so, why don't you tell them about yours? You got some great shots. Yeah, so I, mean, I use trail cams a lot in the fall, um, especially during deer archery season. So, I'll typically set them up near scrapes or rubs to kind of see what deer are in the area and also get an idea of what time they're visiting certain areas. So this past January, someone actually hit a deer in front of my house and I live on a dirt road. The deer was kind of just on the bank across the road, so there's not a lot of traffic. Um, I put a trail camera on a stump just a couple feet from the deer. I actually ended up getting some really cool bald eagle pictures and videos. So the eagles were kind of visiting the deer on and off um, throughout the day over the course of about a month and got some pretty awesome footage out of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You showed me those, and I don't know if I've seen a picture of an eagle that close up before, so that's pretty cool. Um, so I also bought a camera over the winter, and I set it up knowing that edges of forest are likely an active area. Um, so a while back, I think a gas company had been doing some work in the area, uh, so they ended up cutting a trail through the woods, and that's exactly where I put my trail camera that I purchased um, so I, I saw much more activity than I planned on seeing um, I've seen squirrels I've seen chipmunks ravens I mean these are likely suspects I guess um, crows rabbits I saw several pairs of rabbits running around looking forward to seeing a family down the road um, saw an opossum a pair of raccoons, which are the likely suspects that knocked over my beehive. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any bees because of it. I did see a pair of red foxes, which I really, I got a good shot of one of the red foxes. Um, it's the contrast of the snow in the background and the red fox coat. So that's a cool picture. Uh, and also, I think my prize pictures are a pair of coyotes that I ended up catching on the trail cam and um, I think another one that surprised me was the neighborhood cat that I got a picture of um, which they say the likely likely reason why uh, bird population has dropped so much is because of neighborhood cats and I think I can confirm that because there's a lot of bird activity in that area I think the neighborhood cat knew that as well so out there doing some hunting then I caught some pictures of my dog, which I didn't know my dog was going out in the woods. Now I do. So um, there's another reason to get a trail camera, see where your dog's going. Uh, and then I saw you know, a lot of deer. Um, I think I'm gonna see some buck here pretty soon. I haven't checked it recently, but I watched one walk through my yard and then out past the trail cam. So 
looking forward to the fall season and seeing what I capture there. But um, I can definitely say it's been a lot of fun documenting. I show my kids the pictures, kind of watch them after I download them. I put them on TV so we can all see what's out in the woods just behind our backyard. So um, urge you to buy one and check out what's in your own backyard or the woods near your house. Well, I guess with that, we do have a couple events for you today. So the first one is Friday, June 25th, which is tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. And it's a doggy hike at Salt Springs State Park. So you can take your dog along on a hike led by Tyler Kroyak. And they ask that you please bring socialized dogs only, as well as a leash and cleanup bags for them. So the fee for that is $5 and members are free. All right, and then um, it turns out that Penn State Extension is actually offering a class. It's a, a webinar. So that's on the effective use of trail cameras. And the description there is that Scott Weikert of Penn State Extension, he'll be ex- discussing some of the various features available on trail cameras sold today. And he'll be offering some tips to get quality wildlife photos. So. If you want to go further in depth, I'm sure this class will cover it. And it's being offered at no charge to participants. Uh, There's also an offer to receive continuing education credits. So that does require a fee. Um, This class is actually headed towards fall. So it's on September 14th, 2021. They're offering two classes, one at noon and one at 7 p.m. So we'll have the registration link on our Conservation Corner page. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> <laughs>